Good evening, everybody. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Nice to see you today. Hope you're enjoying everything so far. How's the music so far? Is it okay? Yeah. It's fantastic. I think it's, it's really interesting to me how much music can steer your heart toward God. I think that's exactly why God created music in the first place. When I think about all that goes into a musical piece or a whole band coming together and in unity playing music and how much that is able to move our hearts straight to God, it's amazing. And it's fascinating to me because, I don't know if you know this, but there are other Christmas songs that have been written besides the ones we normally sing. So there's a song that was written by a father to his son many, many Christmases ago, and it sort of sets the stage for what Christmas is like, and it kind of invites us in to the whole Christmas journey. So let me read you the lyrics of this song that was written from a father to his son. It says this, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. It's not one of the ones we normally sing, but it's a song of Christmas. It's a song of redemption. It's a song of hope. It's a song that describes what we're about when we get to Christmas. See, there's the dad who wrote this song, that wrote those lyrics. His name was Zechariah. He was the father of John the Baptist, who was commissioned by God to be the prophet who would prepare the way for Jesus, the Messiah, or Emmanuel, to come into this world. It's a song of the Messiah and the promise that comes with Christ. It's the promise that light will overcome darkness. It's the promise of forgiveness, which every one of us needs. And it sets the stage for our celebration of Christ. It sets the stage for our celebration of Christmas. See, Christmas is always set against the backdrop of darkness. Which is weird because, you know, we deck the halls and we light fires and we have twinkly lights and all the things that we do at Christmas. But Christmas is always set against the backdrop of darkness. It was in Jesus' generation and it is in our generation. Sometimes the darkness is public. And it's fascinating if you were able, if you were able to go back through history and find out the public darkness in Jesus' generation and compare it to the darkness in our generation. You would find that in Jesus' time, there were racial tensions. You would find in Jesus' time that there was economic disparity. You would find in Jesus' time, there was religious and political conflict. And Christmas in Jesus' time was set against the backdrop of darkness. And you could take all those things and you could say, well, that's the same as it is today. It's no different in our world in America in 2014 than it was 2014 years ago with Jesus. Sometimes the darkness in the world is public. And sometimes the darkness in the world is personal. Every one of us brings past pain to Christmas. Every 
brings grief. Christmas, every one of us brings grieving to it. Just, we all do. Personal darkness. Sometimes the darkness is public. Sometimes the darkness is personal. But it lands on us. And sometimes I, I worry about Christmas as one has to stand up and talk to people about Christmas. And what's your holiday like? And what are you doing? And I realize that there's a number of people here in the room who have lost loved ones sometime between Thanksgiving and the New Year. In the past. And you bring that with you to the celebration of Christmas every single year. And that hasn't been my own experience, but I know plenty of people who have lost those loved ones at the holidays who create a different kind of pain than some of the rest of us feel. Personal pain. That sets up Christmas against a backdrop of darkness. Sometimes there's just broken relationships between us. We haven't lost someone. We've just lost the connection with someone. Sometimes, usually it's their fault, but sometimes it's not. Just saying. Sometimes it's actually our fault. doesn't really matter whose fault it is. It's broken anyway. And all of a sudden you have silent nights. And not the kind you hope for. Not the kind you sing about. And who wants that? that kind of silent night, who wants that kind of darkness, and yet that's the backdrop that shows up at Christmas. I've been thinking on our staff lately about this concept of the pain is in the family. Every one of us comes from a family of pain, and we bring that with us all the way through our lives, and it shapes us, and it colors our lives. It adds shades of gray to everything that we do, and we live so much in the land of the shadow. Relationships can be lost or broken. I can be lost and broken. It's the backdrop of God sending his son, Jesus, into this world. Sometimes in the midst of that, God says, silent, God feels distant. She lived in the same kind of world that we live in, but her life was in darkness. She had a father who was an alcoholic who died when, she, when he was 42. She had a mom who suffered from depression and mental illness. And Helen Goff's world was so dark that when she passed, her grandchildren wrote this about her. They said, she died loving no one and with no one loving her. That's a life in the dark. This woman who lived in this dark world wrote a series of books. You may have heard about the books. You might not have known her as Helen Goff. She wrote the books under a pen name of T.L. Travers. Some of you know that T.L. Travers wrote the book Mary Poppins. Walt Disney wanted the rights 
for the book, for the story, Mary Poppins, because he wanted to put it on the screen. For 20 years, he was after Helen Goff to sell him the rights to Mary Poppins, and she refused, and she refused, and she refused. Finally, they had a conversation where Walt Disney is asking for the rights to Mary Poppins, but he's talking a whole lot deeper than a manner that he showed. I want to eavesdrop for a moment on a conversation between Walt Disney and Helen Goff. I love my dad. I think it's a miracle. I love my dad. He was a, he was a wonderful man. But rare is the day when I don't think about that eight-year-old boy delivering newspapers in the snow and all the Lions Disney and his draft ministers. I was just so tired. So tired remembering. finish the story, let it all go, in a life that isn't dictated by the past. It's not for you and me, Lord. It's your father. It's your father. all about him, isn't it? All of it. Forgiveness is all about it. It's the word I learned from your books. I don't want you to give my father. He was a wonderful man. You need to forgive Helen Goff. Every time a person walks in the room tonight, he wants to swear he can't see him. When he sees George Banks playing trains, he'll love him when he kisses, he'll weep when he cries, he'll wring her hands when he leaves her for a few hours. Oh, he admires that kind. Always oh, trying to say, well, Of my kids and other kids and mothers and fathers for generations to come. I want to thank my father. I want to thank you and PD for the beautiful There's all this stuff in our lives that had to be mended. The only way it can be mended is
is the son of God, right? This is Jesus, the son of God. He could come to a four-star place or at least three. He came to a one-star place. And there was no room at that place for him. And so they put him out back. And when he was born, they placed him in a manger. You ever think about why a manger? I think it's because it's as low as you can go. And what God wanted to show every single one of us is that in the lowest place, story about a guy named Bob Goff. Bob Goff is a very successful attorney, uh, kind of a, kind of one of those living life large kind of guys, bon vivant kind of guy, and uh, he is such a successful attorney with such a heart for the poor and the needy, the country of Uganda actually invited him to be the honorary consul from Uganda to the United States. calls his story Deepology. It's found in his book uh, called Love Does. And I'll just try and describe his story for you and see if this sets you up a little bit to understand what God is saying to us in this whole idea of Christmas. 
Bob's off right because I, he was coming home from church on a Sunday morning after church was over and as he was driving down the street, a uh, car from a side street darted out into the road and ran right into his bright red Jeep. Hit him right in the front tire, left front tire, and when the, when the car hit his car, his Jeep flipped over, barrel rolled. And when his car rolled over, he was ejected right through the soft top of the Jeep. Yes, Mom, he had no seatbelt on. He landed on the ground about 30 feet away from his car. When he landed on the ground, he sort of felt around and found out that everything was pretty much intact. And so he looked at his Jeep, and the engine was racing, and gas was leaking on the street. And he's a typical man. He thought, it's going to explode. He was very excited about that. But it didn't explode. Very disappointed in that. But then he kind of felt around again and figured he's okay. And so he thought he'd better check in on the other driver. And so he walked over to the other car, the one that had hit his Jeep. And he knocked on the window and slowly the glass rolled down. And inside the car he found an 87-year-old woman who was about five foot nothing, weighed about 100 pounds. And she was dripping with tears. My name's Bob. What's your name? Took her a while, but she finally got out. Her name was Lynn. Sat there gripping the steering wheel, and then she said to him, I, I, I think I forgot to stop. And then her face changed. Her countenance sort of changed, and she got this look sort of partly grandmother and partly bystander, and she said, Young man, do you know that you went through your roof? To which Bob Goff said, you know what, that was the coolest thing that ever happened to me. She was mostly okay, and so they exchanged personal information, phone numbers and addresses and insurance companies and all those kinds of things. And the police came, the fire truck came, the ambulance came, got Lynn in the car and took her off to the hospital. Bob was pretty close to home already, so he just walked home. About two days later, he got a call on his cell phone. And he answered, hello? And no one answered on the other end. He waited. A few seconds went by, and finally there was a quivering voice that said, I'm so sorry. And Bob said, Lynn, is that you? Lynn, I'm fine, really, I'm okay, no, you know, no need to apologize, I apologize, I forgive you, my car needs a little bit of paint, but, you know, everything's good, we're all good, I'm good, you're good, it's okay, you don't need to call anymore. They hung up, two days later, Bob was uh, taking a deposition uh, for his law firm, and he gets a call on his cell phone, and he answers the phone, hello, silence. He said, Lynn, is that you? She said, I'm so sorry. He said, really, Lynn, you know, it's okay. I'm okay. You're okay. How are the grandkids? Everything's fine. No, you know, I forgive you. I have forgiven you. No need to apologize. No need to call again. And he hung up. But then he realized that she was going to call him every day, every other day for the rest of his life. So he had to come up with a plan. Didn't want to change his phone number. Didn't want to go into witness protection program. So he called the local florist, and he ordered a big bouquet of flowers, and he wrote a card, and he sent it to Lynn, and the card said this, Dear Lynn, it was great running into you. 
stop calling me. Which translated means, please accept my forgiveness. But God sent Jesus into the world. And he's letting them know that you have doable faith. It says, please accept my forgiveness. It's fascinating that Walt Disney had to say to Ellen Baugh something about forgiveness. She said, I, I don't need to forgive my father. He's a wonderful man. He said, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. You need to forgive yourself. That's so hard, isn't it? Some of you have never messed up, but I have messed up. And the hardest person to forgive is myself. person for Helen Bach to forgive was herself. Even though the pain in her life was cast down completely. Walt Disney said, Mary Poppins didn't come to save just to save. She came, she came to save Sometimes think that this whole Jesus thing is about the children. Of course it's about the children, but it's not just about the children. It's about every single one of us in the world. Everyone who lives against the backdrop of darkness. Of pain, of loss, of brokenness, of fear. When you did, you celebrated that. And when you come to Christmas every single year, you celebrate it again because you remember this whole God coming into the world thing is all about forgiveness for you and for your family and for the people around you. And so you celebrate it as you should. But there's probably some of us in the room who have never accepted that phone call from God, never accepted that bouquet from God that God could have given you in a car, in a note. simplified version of it on the back of the cloak is just even reading it and having it come in and say, this is what this is about. And I would like to walk you through it. Just as you go, just kind of
keeps driving my life. You're leading my mission. I'd like to describe for you what we call the ABCs of the gospel. Again, from the back of the church. Here, the first one is this. ABC. A says, I admit that I've been far from God because of my choices, because of my attitude, because of my past, my brokenness, what the Bible calls my sin, whatever those things are, I admit that I am far from God and I need a Savior. Maybe the hardest thing to admit in our life, because I can do it simply walk through those statements of the ABCs of faith, and you tell Jesus that's what you want, and he says to you, yes, we need to cross the line of faith, where the Bible says we move from darkness to light, death to life. And we need help. I'm going to pray for you here in just a moment. I'm going to invite you, if you want to, to follow through and just walk through those ABCs of faith quietly between you and God right where you are. Thank you for that. You're already celebrating Christ in your life and the forgiveness of Christ. God bless you. Father in heaven, thank you for all that you have done for us. This, this story of Christmas, this amazing gift you've given to us this Christmas. So grateful for it. Father, I pray for every one of us in the room who a lot have already chosen to follow you by faith in Christ. Thank you for that. May this Christmas season be a great celebration for us. Amen. But Lord, some of us are maybe coming tonight and saying, that's my prayer, ABC. Jesus, I'm in. I'm going to follow you by faith. Rescue me. Bring light to my life. Thank you.